The first reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I, res- I have resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on, wi- on men's wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of the age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, No mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him, but God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, for who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given to us. This is the word of the Lord. The Gospel is taken from Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 20. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others Others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. We believe in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you enliven my words now? Would you open our hearts 
that we would hear the voice of God. And that we wouldn't just hear, but we would also obey. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Please do sit down. So you may be those who mourn. You may be the poor in spirit. You may be persecuted. You may be meek. But let me tell you who you really are, says Jesus. You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. What a title he gives us. Whenever we wish to stress someone's worth and usefulness, we may say that they're the the salt of the earth. But how many of us hear people being called the light of the world? (laughs) But that's what Jesus says about everyone who belongs to him and follows him. Why are we here? We're here to be salty and to be light in this world before Jesus comes again. Let's think about what it means to be the salt of the earth. Firstly, it means that we're precious. The ancient world felt there was nothing more useful than salt and light. Salt was indispensable. A bag of salt was reckoned to be as precious as a person's life. They believed that without salt, human life could not be sustained. Salt is used for that which is permanent, that which lasts. It describes a person's worth and wisdom. Salt, however, is only of use if it gets out of the salt shaker and loses itself in the soup or the food. Salt gives taste to that which is flat and stale. Secondly, it means that we're distinctive. A pinch of salt is effective out of all proportion to its amount. Salt's power lies in being different from its environment. And so we transform the world by being different from it. Only those who are not like the world can transform it. We're the salt that God rubs into the wounds of the world. And with such a high role assigned to us, there can be no room for complacency about our calling. Salt is concerned with self-sacrifice, not self-preservation. As long as we disturb our, sorry, as long as we preserve our distinctive character, we'll make the world a more palatable place to live. People aren't impressed by character that's a little better or a little worse than theirs, but by lives directed and inspired by motives and principles that are unmistakably different directed and inspired by Jesus. To be called the light of the world is the greatest compliment ever paid to us. Salt works quietly, internally, but light works visibly and externally. We stay in the world so that God is not kept a secret in order to transform it. We don't remain aloof from society where we cannot affect it, but we become immersed in its life. 
This is why a key part of our time together is to be commissioned to go. Because we're light of the world, not the church. Light is certain to be noticed. Something built on a hill will be seen. Christian character is a a positive force for good in the world. Light enters into the darkness to dispel gloom and bring illumination. The darkness can never overcome it. That's good news in a world with so much darkness, a world we see on our TV screens each night. Meanwhile, we shine with the radiance that comes from Christ's presence in our hearts. We are light of the world, both by who we are and by what we do. The word Jesus uses for good here means that this is winsome, beautiful and attractive. What we do must be good and attractive so that they may see our deeds and praise our Father in heaven. There needs to be a winsomeness in Christian goodness. And that happens when what we do is done for God's glory rather than for our own self-promotion. The great preacher John Stott uses this passage to argue prophetically for a Christian presence in any and every context and situation. He says this, Our Christian habit is to bewail the world's deteriorating standards with an air of self-righteousness. We criticize its violence, dishonesty, immorality, disregard for human life and materialistic greed. The world is going down the drain, we say with a shrug. But then he challenges us. Whose fault is this? And who's to blame? Let me put it like this. If the house is dark when nightfall comes, there is no sense in blaming the house. Because that's what happens when the sun goes down. The question to ask is where is the light? If the meat goes bad and becomes inedible, there's no sense in blaming the meat because that is what happens when bacteria are left alone to breed. The question to ask is where is the salt? Just so. If society deteriorates and standards decline till it becomes like a dark night or a stinking fish, there is no sense in blaming society For that is what happens when fallen men and women are left to themselves and human selfishness is left unchecked. The question to ask is where is the church? We are, why are the salt and light of Jesus Christ not permeating and changing our society? Challenging words. Without salt and light, the world is left without a witness to Jesus' love and power. Workplaces without a living illustration of good news. Families without testimony of the gospel. Without salt and light, society is left without the witness of the cross, the message of grace and redemption. Jesus' church isn't some insignificant, unimportant club or organization. You and I meet together, and we're not just another ingredient in the world, but we're the decisive ingredient, 
because it's the one organization that exists also for the sake of its non-members, instituted by the maker of heaven and earth. So let what God has done for you in the gift of Jesus shine. This Jesus who died and rose again, that we might know forgiveness and a righteousness from God, who died that we might live, who died that we might be called salt of the earth, light of the world. Where is the church? Well, it's you and me, called as salt and light to go. Let's pray. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Lord Jesus, we are amazed that you give us those titles. Would you help us to live worthy of the calling that you've given us? In the name of Jesus, amen.